This is Generation Justice, a multiracial project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I'm Lily Lukow. And I'm Zan Dixon. This program broadcasts from the rightful lands of the Thiwa people. Tonight, we focus on youth leadership and empowerment. We talk with GJ youth intern Zan Dixon about Asian American, Pacific Islander, Native Hawaiian Day that happened on February 7th at the Roundhouse and the legislative efforts of nonprofit and grassroots organizations in making it possible. Then join us in hearing from GJ Fellow for Change, Aviana Cordova, where you can learn about the Protect Your Hood NM website and Generation Justice's vaccine equity work. We also bring you our vaccine equity segment to help keep you, your loved ones, and your community safe. And we also hear about what is happening in New Mexico this week in our calendar segment. We'll be sharing a variety of music tonight, starting with the R&B soul song, Starflower, by Ravina Arola. Did you know there was an AAPINH day at the Roundhouse? Generation Justice intern Zan Dixon, my co-host, shares all about the AAPINH day at the Roundhouse, his experience attending the event, and the valuable information he learned. Now, here is Emilio Beauvalet speaking with Generation Justice intern Zan Dixon. This is Emilio Beauvalet, and I'm speaking with Generation Justice intern Zan Dixon. Welcome, Zan. Hi, thank you for having me. It's nice to be the one on the other side of the interview. Tell us more about yourself. Um, my name is Zan Dixon, and I'm 17. I'm a senior at Albuquerque High School right now, and I've been with Generation Justice for like four years, give or take. And uh, uh, recently, I went to the AAPINH Day at um, the Legislative Building. So I'm just here to talk about that. Heck yeah. I'm glad to have you on. So let's let's get to it. So on Tuesday the 7th, you attended the newly made Asian American Pacific Islander Native Hawaiian Day at the Roundhouse. So could you tell us more about that experience? My experience at the uh, legislative building and uh, for the AAPINH Day was very positive. Um, we got a lot done and we were able to meet, or our presence there was definitely felt I think we definitely left the mark, at least at, um, inside the chamber building. But it was uh, overall very positive and fun experience. It's big. It's definitely a big deal. I think it's a great opportunity. And wow. <laughs> um, why did you decide to attend? Um, in full transparency, my mom kind of wanted me to go. And uh, that kind of convinced me to go. But I also really wanted to just kind of experience um, being inside of the legislative building and being inside of the chamber again, and also the opportunity to talk with um, legislative members, uh, representatives, and create community and bonds with uh, people in government, but also nonprofits who are there as well. It's amazing to make those connections. So with this giant experience, what will you remember five years from now? Uh, I would say my biggest memory that I'm going to definitely take away from this is sitting inside of the chamber as an honorary guest um, 
on the side with the more Republican or with the Republican and more conservative uh, representatives of uh, the House and kind of seeing them experience Asian culture for the first time in a non-ignorant way, experiencing the food, experiencing the dancing, the music, and also hearing from uh, representatives of our community themselves talk about ending the tricultural myth here in New Mexico. I think that's giant to see, well, to be like an active part in changing the narrative, changing the views, and to witness that. I think that's extremely power to see people enjoy your culture, to see people change the views and truly like, I guess, embrace, you know? You mentioned the tricultural myth. Can you tell us more about that? So the tricultural myth is that here in New Mexico, there are only three main racial identities and racial uh, communities, which is the native indigenous community here in New Mexico, the Latino um, community here in New Mexico, and the white community here in New Mexico. Uh, a big thing that we're trying to end is is that myth and that to but to like highlight um, Asian American communities as well as black communities, as well as um, the Pacific Islander, the Native Hawaiian communities and so forth and so on. And make sure that they're getting the representation that they deserve and that they're actually being supported by the government and being recognized. You're right, there's a lot of ignorance around that. People don't recognize our other communities, our other cultures in New Mexico. I mean, we're a very mixed state and many times we don't recognize that and even bigger to have a systematic change that helps and recognizes our our people really so what was the biggest outcome from the AAPI and H day so the biggest outcome as or as for me at least was the fact that the bill to create AP, AAPI and H day at the legislative building was passed which will be the second tuesday of February every other year, which allows uh, Asian issues in um, New Mexico to actually be talked about, which hasn't been really something that's been talked about ever. So that's really big. But the other biggest outcome I would say is that we were able to um, talk with Representative uh, Sapansky about increasing funding for different nonprofits that are part of like the Asian American Resource Center. and. Uh, or there are things like the Asian American Resource Center, the Asian Business Collaborative, or uh, APERC here at UNM, and kind of funding these Asian nonprofits that don't really get any funding. That is huge. I mean, to have, well, to think that maybe those topics were maybe thrown under the carpet. I mean, and now they have a space to talk about it, to talk about our Asian community, about issues and things to help. I think that's giant. So tell us more about the AAPI and H movement in New Mexico. So the movement, um, at least this specific part of the movement and what was going on today is spearheaded by two specific organizations, which is the New Mexico Asian Family Center here, um, which has been longstanding since 2006. And then also uh, the other people who are really big in um, uh, getting, this, getting these bills together and organizing this uh, day was the Asian Business Collaborative, which started recently in 2020 uh, during COVID when a lot of the small local businesses 
um, and restaurants like uh, that were owned by Asians weren't getting any type of support um, from the government because they're they, a lot of the people don't speak English. They don't have people to help them translate. A lot of them are refugees or um, asylum seekers or even uh, immigrants. So um, it's really just about helping people um, having accommodations and uh, life here in New Mexico and really bringing down the tricultural myth that Albuquerque or that New Mexico is just Native Americans, Latino and white people. So that's the main gist of it. Um, it's also really good to contact um, APERC at UNM um, on Instagram, the APERC UNM, A-P-C-U-N-M. So, yeah. It's important to to know about the movement, to know the people behind it, and basically the struggles of the people. I mean, many people don't understand the struggles of Asian American people. They don't understand the issues and the lack of support they get. I think it's important to recognize the groups that are helping and what the movement is really. Thank you, Zan, for this amazing interview, for this amazing knowledge and telling us about your experience in such a big event really I mean it's historical I guess you can say it's big and it helps the lives of many people in our state and I think it's important to have young leaders and young people represent in the big stages so I'd like to thank you thank you for your work in our community um, thank you for this interview thank you for having me for Generation Justice I'm Emilio Bovale Thank you, Zan, for being an engaged citizen. Going to the Roundhouse sounds intimidating, but you provide an example to everyone that it is an awesome and engaging experience to be proud of. Coming up next, here are some songs chosen by me. Thank You, featuring Apani B by Nujabis and Save the Children by Gil Scott Hare. so thrilled to bring you a powerful interview with Leader for Change fellow, Adriana Cordova. That's right. Adriana speaks about how her experience as a GJ fellow working on vaccine equity and leading the Protect Your Hood NM website has led to a newfound wisdom about community well-being. Here is Barbara Ramirez speaking with Leader for Change fellow, Adriana Cordova. This is Barbara Ramirez with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with DJ Leader for Change fellow, Adriana Cordova. Adi, welcome to Generation Justice. Hi, Barbara. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm so excited. Would you please tell us more about yourself? Yeah, of course. Um, so like you already said, my name is Ariana Cordova. Um, I am 19 years old. I am currently a sophomore at UNM studying speech and hearing science. 
I've been a member with Generation Justice for about the past five or six years. It's been super fun. Um, but I've been specifically a uh, fellow for change since this past summer. So it's going to be a year soon once the summer starts back up. Yeah, I'm born and raised here in Albuquerque. Um, and I'm just super excited to be here, super excited to uh, talk more about what I've learned um, and what I've taken from all the work I've done with Generation Justice. Thank you, Adi. You mentioned the Leaders for Change Fellowship. Tell us more about that. Love to hear about your experience in the fellowship, in particular, your leadership in the vaccine equity program. Yeah, of course. So, um, like I said, over this past summer, um, I became a fellow for change. And the uh, fellow for change cohort was all about narrative shift and owning our stories and our experiences and uh, relating that to how um, we engage with vaccine equity and everything Specifically with the vaccine equity program, I didn't start out as a leader, um, but over the summer, me and my fellow uh, fellows, we all worked together to create this vaccine equity campaign, did a lot of social media work with um, creating social media posts um, to uh, let the community know that it's still important to make sure that we are all vaccinated and that we all get tested and that we all are COVID safe and COVID conscious uh, because the pandemic is not over. And I agreed to uh, continue my fellowship into the fall semester after the summer ended. Um, and that's when I took on more of a leadership role. I'm super glad for the opportunity. I had been wanting to take on more of a leadership role in um, among Generation Justice and uh, our vaccine equity. And I'm super glad that I did get the opportunity but I started working more closely with the vaccine equity campaign, started working more closely with our social media. And um, over the summer, um, myself and my fellow fellows, uh, we um, put together a website for sharing our work on the vaccine equity campaign. Um, it's called protectyourhoodnm.org. And we all uh, put stuff together to build it up and make it look super cool. Um, just share all of our work, all of our social media stuff um, on the website. And um, into the fall semester and now into the spring, um, I've been working very closely with the Protect Your Hood uh, website, making sure that I'm sharing the um, important information that this uh, community needs to know about COVID, um, about the pandemic, about um, getting vaccinated, about getting tested, um, and about how to stay safe. Yeah, and I just, I learned so much about um, COVID itself that I didn't know before. Um, a lot of information about how COVID still affects the community today. But I also learned a lot about um, what it means to take on a leadership role and what it means to um, sort of take a head role in something so, so big and so important. I learned more about myself and how I, I guess, operate in that type of um, environment. Um, and I feel like I've just grown so much as a person just alone in these past um, handful of months. Um, and I'm just so, so grateful for the experience. That's amazing. It's so good to hear you talk about the fellowship and your experience with DJ and you really are a leader for change, just like the fellowship's name, Adi. Tell us more about the Protect Your Hood and Them website. 
where can people go to find more information about it? And how did the fellows come up with the name? Uh, so over the summer collective, us, um, all of us as fellows, uh, we hadn't actually had planned um, to put together a website, but we had gotten together and discussed like what some of the best ways were to make sure that our work, our research, and that um, our narrative shift work uh, could be seen by others. And we ultimately decided that a great way um, to just keep everything together um, for people to navigate was to put together a website. And we came up with a couple of clever names um, for the website, um, but ultimately we all voted and ended up landing on Protect Your Hood and M. The website is protectyourhoodandm.org. Um, for anyone who wants to check anything out. But yeah, we hadn't actually been planning on putting together a website at first. Um, and I ultimately, you know, after working so closely with it for the past couple of months, I ultimately do think that a website was just a perfect way of collecting everything. It's a it's a great showcase of how of how smart and how clever and how creative all of our GJ members here are, but also all of our fellows are. And just like, just such a great way to showcase what we were all able to put together. Thank you so much for that, Adi. Yeah, we definitely know that youth are creative and you are capable of doing so much. We're so proud of you for the work that you've done with the Protect Your Hood and M website. And thank you for that context for our audience. Again, the website is protectorhoodnm.org. And that's where the vaccine equity work that Adi has been talking about is um, saved. Ariana, how has leading this campaign on vaccine equity impacted you personally? It's almost difficult to put into words um, just how much I've been able to learn and how much this has really impacted me. I feel like I'm in a position where I'm just super privileged and lucky to um, have all this information about COVID at my fingertips. Um, but the biggest thing I would say that this has impacted me is just putting into perspective just how, I guess, vast and dire the pandemic um, has been, but also continues to be. And I think just the notion that the pandemic isn't over is one of the most important things that I can reflect on. Um, because it's not over. Uh, you know, there are hundreds, thousands of people, unfortunately, still getting sick and just really having their lives impacted and their loved ones impacted by this, um, this virus, this sickness that hasn't gone away. But it's just really put into perspective to me how much we as a society and a smaller community can really still be doing to fight against the pandemic um, and to fight against COVID-19 and to just stay as safe as we possibly can. I guess I've just, I've been able to learn so much um, that, I, that I know that I wouldn't necessarily be aware of before. Um, but it's just, it really, really has been like a highlighting experience for just how um, crazy this pandemic has been. Um, but that the most important thing that we keep in mind is that it's not over. And that there are still things that we can be doing to keep ourselves safe and healthy, but also to keep our loved ones safe and healthy, to keep those who are immunocompromised in our community 
safe and healthy and do what we can to better our community and just keep everyone safe and healthy and happy. Um, but also, you know, I've just learned a lot more about myself, how I can step into bigger roles, how I can take control of the narrative of, you know, young people in New Mexico, but also just around the world. And this is one of the values that GJ holds so close that understanding that young people are powerful and that we have, um, you know, the strength, the power and the opportunity to really uh, make a change in this world and that we shouldn't be afraid to take that. Um, and I'm just really, really glad that I've been given this leadership opportunity to not only learn more about um, what's going on in our society, what needs to be done to fix what is wrong and what has been done to wrong us as a community, but also to just take control of that narrative of young people and do what I can to change that. Because that, you know, those are two things that I hold very, very, very close and very important to myself. Um, and I'm just so glad that I've just been given this opportunity to um, work on both of those simultaneously. Adi, that was so beautifully said. Thank you so much. And it definitely resonates with me. Why is it so important to continue to talk about vaccine equity at Generation Justice? Speaking from experience, I, I think I can say that when we talk about vaccine equity, it is really, or really easy rather, um, to forget that vaccine equity encapsulates more than just the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I know that sometimes even now when I think about it, it kind of slips my mind that we also need to um, keep in mind that sicknesses like the flu and RSV are still um, impacting many, many people and still getting people very sick. As, um, as a program and as a community ourselves here at GJ, it's just so important that we talk about all of these things because it is rare that we see other outlets talking about it in the same way. Um, there's this you know, dominant narrative that the pandemic is over or that um, we don't need to be worrying about the flu as much as some, um, or as much as we should be, or that, um, you know, RSV isn't as big um, of a problem as it is. Um, so taking back that narrative in itself and um, doing what we can to make sure that the community is in the best shape that it can be. But just continuing to talk about these things that really aren't widely covered um, in a lot of different scenarios um, is really important, especially because we are so community oriented. And I know for me also, it's a way to give back to a community that has always um, done its part to lift me up and give to me. Um, I know that I want to do as much as I can to give back to the community. And so here at GJ, talking about vaccine equity and why it's important that we um, stay vigilant and stay on top of not only COVID-19, but other viral illnesses like the flu and RSV, that's a way for me to give back to my community. Thank you for that. Ariana, I wanna ask you about your experience on a personal level, if you feel comfortable sharing what has been your own um, experience with COVID and your loved ones? Well, for me specifically, I know um, that towards like the beginning and height of the pandemic, it was really difficult to um, 
sort of navigate not being able to uh, be around as many loved ones as I previously had been. Specifically, I remember my my grandma at the time was, um, she was getting older and um, she was dealing with a lot of health problems. And I remember all of us, especially, you know, me and my mom just being so worried about um, going to visit her um, and feeling like we didn't have that space to spend the time that we could with her um, when we felt like it mattered the most. And so that was really hard, just dealing with being separated from loved ones like that. And, you know, ultimately we did make it work, and but it was still super hard. You know, it was difficult not being able to speak with her face to face and kind of spend that time with her that we used to. But also just watching, you know, other loved ones catch COVID and get sick and within my family with my loved ones be affected super um, direly, but just really being afraid of the unknown, that that big question of like, what if, you know, um, not really knowing what would happen, not really knowing how anyone would be affected. Watching everyday life be interrupted like that was just really, really hard. Um, and just being isolated from the people that I cared about was really difficult. And I know that, you know, when I work with vaccine equity now, I like to keep these experiences in mind. Um, it's it's difficult to remember all the time that, uh, you know, like I was saying that the pandemic isn't over and that there are still families experiencing this actively. And so I like to just kind of reflect on my personal experiences with COVID-19 when I'm working with all of this, because um, it just reminds me that, you know, there are people still undergoing all of this, you know, that that isolation, that um, inability to really connect with loved ones in the same way, and even, you know, losing loved ones, unfortunately, it's just super sad to see people go through. But I understand that you know, I've been able to grow and learn more from my experiences, as difficult as they were at the time. Um, I feel like I've grown in a lot of ways from them, and that they really help just put into perspective this work that I do um, in COVID-19 as like a general topic to think about and as like the pandemic that we're still undergoing. Thank you so much for your vulnerability and for trusting me, Adi, with your personal experience. This pandemic has been so traumatic and devastating and we have lost so much. So to hear that you that you hold on to that when you do vaccine equity work, it's really important to me because that's what we should hold on to when we're talking about vaccines, when we're making decisions about testing, when we're putting information out and what, in my opinion, everyone should keep in mind and hold on to, um, no matter what positions they're in, but especially if they're in positions of power. Thank you for sharing that again. Adi, what do you wish everyone would know about COVID-19 and the pandemic we're still in? I've, I've mentioned you know many times um, already but I feel like you know there, there's never too little um, times to like mention it but the pandemic isn't over um, that's 
the, I guess, umbrella piece of knowledge that I would want everyone to know, because everything else kind of stems from that. I think it's also important to keep in mind that when we talk about vaccine equity, that also, even though, you know, it's not necessarily in the name vaccine equity, but it is important to remember that testing and the availability of testing is also very important. Um, understanding that uh, PCR tests are the most reliable testing, a form of testing that we can get um, for COVID-19, understanding like where we can go to find those resources if we're not really sure, um, and making sure that we all have access to that information. Um, I know that before I started doing this work, it was really difficult to figure out like where to get uh, not only vaccinated, but like tested um, and get the like proper testing to, un to have the best understanding of my health. Um, and like I said, the best way to do that is to um, undergo PCR tests. Um, and we have more information on that on um, the protectyourhoodnm.org uh, website, but also uh, you can use findatestnm.org to search for different locations near you based on zip code to find PCR testing. So that's a great resource to use. Even though it can be really isolating, just that understanding that you're not alone. That there are people that are feeling the same way as you, that there are people that are um, undergoing similar experiences as you, and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to feel like you're being shut in a box. It doesn't have to feel like you're being held down we still have an understanding of, um, I guess, like what we can do to keep ourselves as safe and healthy as possible. And that like reaching out and talking to others about that uh, is never a bad thing. It's just like the, the baseline knowledge that um, COVID-19 is still at a peak almost. There are still uh, new variants um, being discovered that are highly contagious. Um, and that are still being spread around. Um, so understanding that there are still ways that we can stay uh, COVID conscious, COVID safe, um, and that those are very important to still um, keep in mind when going about everyday life. Um, but those are some of the things that I think um, are most important to keep in mind. Thank you. Where can people go to find more about DJ's vaccine equity work? Uh, the main place uh, where I would direct people to go would be our uh, protectyourhoodnm.org website. Um, again, that's protectyourhoodnm.org. Um, we have great um, resources there on not only like where to go to get vaccinated, but also information about COVID-19, information about um, testing, about new strains and new variants, uh, COVID research. Um, some of our social media work, we just have a lot of good uh, collected information on there. So that would be one of the main places I would direct people to go. But also uh, to check out our GJ social media accounts. We share some of our vaccine equity work on there as well. But I would mostly um, direct people to the protectyourhoodnm.org website. Thank you, Adi. And we also have a vaccine equity playlist on SoundCloud that you can listen to. Before we wrap up our interview, is there anything else that you would like to add, Adi? I guess I'd like to um, just take a little bit of extra time to talk about um, different ways that we can stay COVID safe. Um, I know that now 
that things like the mask mandates have been lifted um, and people don't follow social distancing rules as closely as before, uh, that it can be a little bit confusing on how to stay COVID safe. But masking when it's necessary, avoiding large crowds, uh, making sure that you stay clean, uh, making sure that your hands are washed, but also things like good uh, ventilation in your homes, uh, keeping windows open, keeping doors open, using fans, things like that are great to keep um, the air circulating. Um, but yeah, I just like to leave on that note, just different ways that we can stay COVID safe. I really appreciate you sharing those resources. And later in this program, um, you'll hear from Lily Luca and Zan Dixon who bring us our weekly vaccine equity segment. Ariana Cordova, I wanna thank you for being here today for the great work that you have been doing with the protectyourhoodandm.org website and just for being so genuine and keeping in mind your own personal experience for caring about your community, caring so much about others, understanding the dangers and the science of COVID, but also sharing that information because information and having the knowledge is powerful and it's necessary for us to, to take decisions that are good for everyone in our community. So I'm really grateful to you for talking with me today, but also for the great work that you have been doing with vaccine equity work at Generation Justice. Yeah, thank you. Um, that means so much to hear. It's it's a lot of work and it, it's just so nice to to hear from others that it's really um, having the impact that I, that I want it to um, and having the impact that uh, I feel like it should be having. Um, I also just want to take a second to thank you, Barbara, specifically. There's a lot of this um, that I feel like I wouldn't be able to do without you and your guidance. Um, and uh, you just, you know, having such a great hand in teaching me and um, guiding me into this leadership role. So thank you for that as well. Thank you so much, Ari. It has been an honor to interview you, but also to work with you. So thank you. For Generation Justice, I'm Barbara Ramirez. Thank you, Adriana, for giving us an insight of what the GJ Fellowship was like and how working with Generation Justice and Vaccine Equity and the Protect Your Hood website has impacted you. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and efforts all tying back to the well-being of our community. You are inspiring, Adriana. Next up, we have some more tunes for you, as well as our weekly vaccine equity segment and community calendar. First up is Heiha YPO by Keaho. Let's get into this week's vaccine equity segment. The disabling and deadly pandemic is not over. Our communities are still fighting COVID-19 and its physical, emotional, and communal effects. 
With the emergence of the new variant of COVID-19, XBB.1.5, it continues to be vital that you are keeping yourself, your loved ones, and your community members safe. How do we protect ourselves from XBB.1.5? Implementing COVID safety by staying aware of community health and getting vaccinated and boosted against COVID-19 are ways that you can mitigate the spread of the virus. Learn more about COVID-19 vaccinations, or if you are not vaccinated or boosted, you can visit itstimenm.org. Currently, anyone six months and older is eligible to receive the bivalent booster shot. If you have not yet been administered a booster shot, you can visit itstimenm.org to schedule your appointment. Remember, visit itstimenm.org for a primary monovalent shot if you have not done so yet. Make sure you receive your primary monovalent shot at least two months before your bivalent booster shot. Another crucial way we can continue to protect ourselves from COVID-19 and other viruses is knowing if you have the illness. Did you know you can order antigen at-home tests at no cost? If you think you or a loved one is sick or may have COVID, you can find at-home antigen tests and testing locations by going to findatestnm.org. That is findatestnm.org. Remember, it is necessary that we're all practicing COVID safety wearing a mask and getting tested and vaccinated so that we can continue to slow the spread of the virus. Thanks for tuning in to Vaccine Equity. See you next Sunday with the latest updates on COVID-19. Now we have this week's calendar segment. What do you have to start us off, Zan? I have a question for our listeners. Do you want to view thousands of years of Hispanic identity, history, and culture? If so, the National Hispanic Cultural Center's Mundos de Mestizaje Torion is the place to go. You can go through this guided tour of artist Frederico V. Hill's fresco, mural painting, on Thursday the 23rd or Friday the 24th at 11 a.m. This work is located in NHCC's Torion, the structure which we have all probably passed by not knowing we can go inside. It can be found at 1701 4th Street Southwest. Contact the National Hispanic Cultural Center at 505-246-2261 for more information. Second annual Black History Month meet and greet is coming up on Friday, February 24th from 5.30 to 9 p.m. Gather to celebrate Black History Month and listen to the latest updates from the City of Albuquerque's Office of Black Community Engagement. The meet and greet will be at the Albuquerque Museum, located at 2000 Mountain Road. To find out more, you can visit Office of Black Community Engagement on Facebook. Contact 505-768-4521 or email n-r-o-g-e-r-s at cabq.gov. Our last event of the night is the Heritage Spinning and Weaving class at Casa San Isidro in Corrales at 973 Old Church Road, 87048. What is the focus of this particular class? Fiber harvest and preparation is explored with an emphasis on using churro wool. Participants will also learn how to process wool into yarn for a variety of uses. Don't forget the historical aspect of this fiber along the El Camino Real. It's all included this Saturday, the 25th from 1.30 to 3 p.m. For more information, contact Aaron Gardner at 505-898-3915. Now we'll listen to Buster by People in General. Hi, 
We hope you've enjoyed this hour of community empowerment. We'd like to thank our guests, Zan Dixon and Adiana Cordoba, for sharing their knowledge with us and inspiring young people to make a difference. Tonight's Hour Radio was produced by Roberta Rael and Barbara Jimenez with production assistance from Sunandita Santanam, Madamita Santanam, and thank you to our interviewers. We want to give a big shout out to all of our youth producers. We could not do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org, where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation with additional funding from the Annie E. Casey Foundation, Konama Health Foundation, the New Mexico Department of Health Infectious Disease Bureau and Office of School and Adolescent Health, as well as the Better Together program, the City of Albuquerque, Race Forward, Media Justice, and of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D. Our last song of the night is The Lamp is Low by Lorindo Almeria. I am Lily Lukow. And I'm Zen Dixon. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Good night, be safe, and consider how you can support our community's well-being. Mm -hmm.